Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hamster Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, and today I'm here with Rob Zimmerman from Zim Ventures. So, but before we get going, I'm going to do a quick word from our sponsor, Gold Star Referral Clubs. If you own a business, uh, you know that referrals are key to business. Um, and in Gold Star, you will build your business through referrals with one of our groups here in Southern New Hampshire. There's quite a few groups to choose from. I think there's four or five of them right now. And uh, it's a great way to build your business and take yourself to the next level. So if you're interested, check them out at nhbusinessshow.com slash goldstar and uh, get started today. So welcome to the show, Rob. Good, Chris. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So let's get a little bit into you, your company, your history, kind of what led you here. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I'm Rob Zerman again from Zim Ventures, web development firm in Nashville, New Hampshire. Uh, solo, one-man operation. I've been doing the web development part of Zim Ventures for coming up on two, two and a half months now. Um, so uh, it's funny that the word Zim Ventures, Ventures implying more than one. This is not my first gig with Zim Ventures. I'm kind of a Got a little entrepreneurial spirit. Um, done several things over the last five years. Zim Ventures has actually existed for a long time as an LLC within New Hampshire, um, and uh, the web development part is the latest, the latest iteration. And this is the first iteration of Zim Ventures that is my first full-time job. Uh, I, I parted ways with uh, with my full-time employment two and a half months ago, and been doing the web development side ever since. And uh, not ever since. It's only been two months. It feels like it's been so long. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's been it's been pretty rewarding. It's been amazing. Um, you know, I've, I've had side gigs my entire professional career for jumping out and doing this full time solo has been phenomenal to work with clients and help them develop their their online presence and, and just help them grow their business has been amazing. Yeah. So what got you into web development? Because I know personally for me, and if it's not like Wix or something like that, I'm not getting into it. <laughs> yeah, because I just I can't do that type of stuff. So what what led there? So I've been uh, I've been in the software development industry for 20 years. Um, you know, various networking companies and coding, quality assurance, all the whole life cycle. So I'm a tech guy, and my friends and family know I'm a tech guy. Hey, can you? I know someone who needs a web page. You know, just side stuff all the time. I've been doing web development forever since, you know, HTML had the awesome marquee flashing, you know, in your face stuff. Just, you know, the web's been, the web's been had quite a nice evolution. So, um, all along the way, I've I've been doing web development, and uh, or we'll, let's rewind five years actually. Um, uh, the first iteration of Zim Ventures was a golf ball company. <laughs> um, I actually designed and through a contract manufacturer sold golf balls. I'm a hmm. huge golf nut, like big. I play competitively in New Hampshire. And nice. So for whatever reason, I thought it would be a great idea to come up with a golf ball company. And we actually did really well. Um, so part of, I still have my full-time gig, but I'm a software guy, sitting in a queue all day, write code. Um, so I had to put on a marketing hat. I had to go out and sell. I had to I had to do online advertising, social media management, and it was an entire new experience for me, and it was fantastic. Oh, and by the way, I had to do web development stuff too because we sold mostly, um, almost 90% online. So I got into the e-commerce side of things, and it was just a crash course in business management. Um, it didn't pan out. It lasted three years. We did, we did pretty decent. Um, so then you fast forward to now and it's like I've got all these I've got this skill set in place where I've got a marketing I can do marketing I've got a technical background um, the web development side photography 
it, it was just an amalgamation of all these skills. I'm like, it just makes sense. Um, and I had a backlog of customers or people in the background. Of, hey, can you do a website for XYZ? Some, some uh, mechanics, plumbers, just service-based industries. I'm like, I've got a client list. I've got the talent. I've got the drive. Make the leap. And, and I did. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so where do I begin with this? <laughs> so w- as fast as the internet is like developing and changing and websites are becoming more and more complex, mm. how how is it keeping up with like that, with all the new tools and accessories and all just the stuff that comes with, you know, creating a website? To me, as a tech guy, that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the change. I love the evolution. Um, it's it, it is a lot there. In particular, with the with websites, there's there's two aspects. There's the technological side, but there's also the design side. There's design trends that come and go. Um, keeping up with those is just as important. Um, a lot of the folks I contact right now, you know, I say your your website's kind of collecting dust if you will it looks like it's fresh out of 1999 um it it might be serving you well but don't forget that is your customer's first impression if they're googling you um so you know it's like hey it's it's a little bit of keeping up with the joneses but you've got to do the due diligence to actually keep it fresh and keep up with the current design trends there's a reason we're not all wearing bell bottoms right now they're just not in vogue uh so you 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 got to keep up to date um, but the technological side is really amazing when you start th- talking about um, like the evolution of, of mobile, the, the, uh, how pervasive it's become. Yeah. You look at some of the statistics of where people are browsing from and the percentage that are coming on non-screens, non-monitors is phenomenal. Um, that's another thing I, I talk to a lot of clients about. It's like, you know, your website was designed for, you know, a certain resolution on a monitor people most people are going to come to your site through a phone <laughs> guess what if your website doesn't handle it they're if they're zooming in zooming in zooming in scrolling around trying to look at your full-size web page on your phone and and that's you know there's been a lot of technologies that have come recently to help adapt for that to make responsive websites so the the combination of the design and the uh, the technological side is I, again like I said it's fantastic for a tech nerd a design trendy guy I, I love keeping up with all that stuff and that's where I bring value to my clients is staying on top of that sort of stuff and presenting those options so yeah it's fun yeah definitely and you bring up a good point about mobile because <laughs> I I spend a lot of time on my computer so I don't see it as much but mm-hmm. I know that is a trend because I I look at the analytics and all the stuff on the back end of even my own yeah. show. And mobile is huge, and uh, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. Like social media is just inundated with mobile, and like Instagram, which is only mobile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, there's a lot of being aware of that, and I think I'd heard um, fairly recently that there, with a lot of the changes Google's making and stuff, like they're gonna, they're really pressing on mobile-friendly sites, mm-hmm. and if you aren't, you're gonna lose traction in Google. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, the two of the biggest trends Google has been doing for their ranking is the mobile friendly aspect and the uh, security aspect. Um, Google and actually Firefox announced, I forget when it is, it's it's the next couple of months, I believe. If your site does not get uh, served over HTTPS, uh, it's going to be flagged as insecure website. Like they're going to in your face say, this is an insecure website. And, And it's funny because when you tell that to a plumber and you're because you're going to redo their website they're like 
I don't need a secure website. I, I'm a plumber. I'm just going to serve a web page. And it's like, yes, you do. And here's why. Google's going to rank you lower because you don't have that. So another guy who's in your service area who has an SSL certificate, um, you know, you're going to be ranked lower just because you don't have that. Okay. Is that fair? I'll leave that for everybody else to decide. I, I, I believe it's a good thing that we eventually move to a, uh, you know, 100% adoption for SSL over the internet. It just makes sense. Um, it's not a panacea. <laughs> People can still fake SSL certificates and yeah. steal SSL certificates. That can happen. But uh, it's something that needs to happen. And, and like you said, the mobile side, um, it, you have to have it. Google, it makes sense for Google to rank you lower if you do not have a mobile-friendly website. Because if I'm browsing for my phone and I search for electricians in Nashua, I want to make sure that I'm going to end up on somebody's site who's going to look good on my phone. Um, it's just a better experience for me as a consumer. Yeah. So if that, it makes sense. Um, so trying to convey that to people that I said, well, yeah, I have a my, my website shows up on the phone. Well, yeah, but it's not a it's not a, a native experience for the phone. Um, so. It's educating people is just as important as as uh, as the actual part of selling it. It's telling them why they need a new website because a lot of people don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was kind of thinking of something mad as we were talking. When we, cause you earlier, <laughs> you would mention when you design websites, you know, you put them together. We when you're in the creative process and everything, and I'm like, yeah, there probably is a lot more creative than people give it credit for. Because um, when we actually put the website together, you have to make it look a certain way, I'm going to assume. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your clients probably have an idea, but there's still a lot of creativity there in, like, the actual design, how it lays out, how it looks. Mm -hmm. How do you go through that process? That's that's probably kind of fun. It, it is a lot of fun, but being the <laughs> being the uh, the programmer, logical guy, that, that comes to me first. So when I'm approaching a client website, the first the first part of that process is what is this website for? What are we trying to do with it? A lot of clients just think, and these are the clients who have the website that looks like it's fresh out of 1999. It's an online yellow page ad, right? It's just there so that people can look me up and find out about me. Yes, that can be your goal. I want your website to actually drive business for you. Like, mm -hmm. that's the goal here. If somebody lands on your website, you want that viewer to do something. You want them to call you, subscribe to your newsletter, click contact me, do something. So with that in mind, that's when you start doing going through the creative process of, okay, so what are our goals for this web page? What do we want the user to do? And then you design around that. And the big trend right now, at least uh, for service-based industries and website design is focusing really hard on your landing page and getting section-based where, I'm on my, again, I'm on my phone, I don't want to click around in menus. I don't want to deal with that. I just want to scroll. I just want to keep reading and learning and learning. And if something catches my interest, click. So a lot of my design efforts lately have been around that sort of design where you're thinking in terms of a viewer flow. Get their attention. Tell, tell them what you're all about. Ask them to do something. And then continue that process as they're scrolling through, and you know that that leads to call to actions. I'm throwing buzzwords out: call to actions, your hero section, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's that's generally how I approach the design process. And then, and then once you get all that, your skeleton basically, your wireframes, <clears throat> then you go in and you start doing the visual assets, the copy, uh, all the text, the verbiage. Um, 
and and that's where you, I tend to bring in the clients because again we're dealing with their domain of expertise, not mine. I, I'm not an electrician. I can fake it, but <clears throat> you know I bring them in and say, okay, you know, tell, help help me tell your story to the customers. What services do you offer? You know, tell me about yourself. You know, you're a small business. That's valuable. People want to know that they're working with somebody, an individual. Like, let's tell your story. That, that's just as important as, you know, you can upgrade my panel from 100 to 200 amps. You know, yes, yeah. that's what I want. That's, but it's nice to know the story behind the, the business. Yeah. <clears throat> so when you're designing websites, it sounds like there's a lot of SEO involved in this. And for people to know that is that search engine optimization, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how Google ranks you, just so <clears throat> in case anyone doesn't know. Now, are you designing websites with SEO in mind? Is that kind of part of the process? You have to. Um, yeah. You know, yes, you're going to submit your site to Google. You use sitemaps, and you, you're going to push that up to the, the Google Site Manager so it knows, okay, I'll index you. So it'll go ahead, and the Google bots will do their thing and scan your site. But when they scan your site, they need to know what you're trying to what you're trying to uh, convey to readers. What do you do? Where are you? Um, when do you do it? Those are really important things that you need to convey on your website. So this all comes back to, and everybody knows this, the keyword buzz. What keywords are you focusing on for your web page? And for a landing page, it's tough because you're covering a lot. There's, you're basically covering everything you do. You're trying to condense it into one viewer experience. So you know, I do focus a little bit on SEO for the landing page, but once you get off the landing page, once somebody clicks on, let's go back to the electrician example, um, one of the services they may offer is home generator, uh, home generator installation, like an external, outside, whatever have a button for that on the main page and you click on it and it takes you to another page that's dedicated just to that and that's where we get into the SEO optimization of um, you know really focusing on keywords let's just say southern New Hampshire um, uh, generator installation a home home backup system whatever the keywords are that are relevant for that business then you start writing copy that is very specific to that that's very Google search friendly um, you know formatted correctly links out links in it's all the all the stuff that you want to do to basically make Google happy <laughs> yeah all right cool so that that does sound like a lot of work for one person to do by themselves <laughs> <laughs> well in particular if you're if you're wearing all the other hats of the business owners again rewind to the my time as a golf ball company you know I'm trying to focus on my sales development uh, marketing and oh by the way I also need to do all of this stuff for the web page the, the SEO the marketing the design um, that that's a lot to do and I, I've worked with companies who have tried to do that and said you know what I tried <laughs> it didn't work let's let's help well, you know bro, let's bring you in to help and um, you know my thumbs up to anybody who can pull it off. It is <laughs> maddening, and but in the end, you really want to focus on your sales channel and your your area of expertise, your domain expertise, which I'm guessing 95% of the time isn't web design. <laughs> um, but some people can pull it off, and I, you know, my hat's off to them. I worked with um, a company last month, and they did their web page on their own, and I said, you know, it's okay, it's functional. Um, you really do need to do some SEO optimization. Your image assets aren't that great. Out of curiosity, how long did this take you? And she said, 40 hours. I'm like, that's a lot of time. That's that. I mean, you, you mean to tell me, and it wasn't over one week. It's not like she sat down from yeah. Monday to Friday and banked it out. It was, you know, that was over a couple of months. I'm like, 
just in the next time you sit down to do a project like this, and not, I'm not talking web design, but anything in your business, if you think it's going to take that amount of time, that amount of energy and resources away from your core business, rethink. You know, your time is money for you as a, as a small yeah. business owner. And, you know, really think about farming that out. Um, but uh, that's the challenges of uh, small business ownership. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, man, that's pretty crazy. Because I have a little website. I mean, well, it's, it's actually, if you look on the back end of it, it's much larger than it looks. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just very inefficient. <laughs> <laughs> so I can totally understand, like, I can understand the balance of, well, I don't want to pay for a huge thing right. over, you know, a stupid, like, mm-hmm. it's not it's not Wix, but it's similar. Yeah. So, but it's like, oh, man, but it's so inefficient for what I want. And, yeah. But yeah, I get that. <laughs> and, you know, that's a funny thing because I've had a, a few po- folks approach me and they said, you know, I've got a website on Wix right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can I bring you in to fix it? And I said, okay, first let's, let, we go through the design process. What are your goals? And then I tell them, like, there's only so much I can do within Wix. Like, they, yeah. you know, you're bound to their templates. And and, and so I, I ask, are you are you contractually bound, which there never are, to Wix? You know, are you in a service agreement or whatever? And then let's talk about how we can greatly improve by getting off of their platform and pulling it in. And I, I tell folks right up front, let's not, don't get scared about price. Uh, a lot of folks have had some bad experiences with agencies right they go to these marketing agencies where they do they wear you know they they're soup to nuts uh just complete marketing solutions so they'll do your social media your print advertising your website design everything and they have they're it's more expensive obviously i mean they've got sales guys they've got a graphics design team um so a lot of small business owners that's their first experience with a web design company and the sticker shock is phenomenal Uh, and so i say i'm not an agency not going to charge you agency rates. Let's, you know, let's bring it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that softens a little bit. Folks are a little more receptive to the idea that, hey, maybe I can source out my website and it's not yeah. going to cost me, you know, three months worth of revenue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that's the fun part, revenue. Yeah. You got to make money, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let me... Okay, so let's jump. I'm going to jump to the sponsors here real quick for a quick little six-second thing. And then uh, I'm going to move over to the tips and tricks section. Tips and tricks mm-hmm. section. So we're going to get a little more into some <clears throat> advice for the audience and mm-hmm. stuff, and then we'll move on from there. So we're doing something really fun here on the New Hampshire Business Show. I'm doing a weight loss venture. <laughs> so partnering up with Ideal Health to go on their program, lose weight, get back in shape, you know, all that fun stuff. So you'll be able to watch that here on the New Hampshire Business Show as I progress through the program. We'll be doing weekly updates, um, some promos, things like that. And it's going to be a lot of fun as we see me go from my current position down to, you know, my goal weight, which is about 130 pounds less than where I am right now. So (laughs) if you're looking to... You know, change your life for the better as well. Um, and you want to follow along with me, head over to nhbusinessshow.com slash ideal. And uh, you, we can all get started together. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited and uh, trying to get back down to my army weight. You know, not my post, post-army post weight. <laughs> okay, cool. Now we're back. <laughs> uh, boom. <laughs> Love so, commercial break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's perfect. So, okay. So you mentioned a couple things, and I'm just going to write as we go here. Um, you're talking about now to site manager for indexing on Google. Mm-hmm. Now I know that's not really a, it is kind of a website thing, but 
that would probably confuse a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to just really quickly go over that little segment of it? Sure, yeah. Uh, anytime you have a website, Google needs to know not, you know, obviously you go to yourwebsite.com. Mm-hmm. Google knows about that. It's going to index that page, and then it's going to try to follow the links that are on that page. Sometimes you have pages where the links um, the links don't necessarily go to that page. It's basically a standalone page. Um, that's a really good use case for if you have a newsletter and you've got a, a specific blog post that's really only pertinent to that one uh, the newsletter. It's an article about something. So then you throw up that page, you link it over. It's kind of stranded its own little world, but you know what? Maybe you would like Google to index that because it's valid SEO content, say, again, go back to our electrician example, you wrote a blog article on um, how to properly wire uh, can lighting in the ceiling. Um, so really unique content, you hit those keywords, but it's not linked anywhere in your web page, but you want Google to know about it. What you do is you create a, uh, a piece of content called your sitemap. It's, it's a XML file, which Google will look at once in a while, and it's basically Google's map to know what web pages it should go to on your website and index. And uh, there's various ways to generate your sitemap. You can do it by hand. I don't think anybody does that anymore. Uh, most website platforms have some sort of plug-in or will generate it for you. But that's really, it's, a, it's an invaluable piece of technology that a lot of people forget about when it when it's, comes to Google and, and Google learning everything it needs to know about your website. <clears throat> All right, cool. So, okay. Fun one. So we were talking about like Wix and your other copy paste kind of websites mm-hmm. versus custom. Yeah. So when should a business decide that kind of w- what routes best for itself? You know, if you're just getting started, you have zero dollars in revenue. Don't pay a dime to a web design company. And you know that's me pointing the gun at my own foot right there, <laughs> obviously. But you know. I wouldn't want a client to come to me who doesn't really know, they don't have their business model nailed down yet. They don't know their client customer base yet. They haven't really fleshed out a sales funnel yet. So how can I bring value and help you design a web page for your, for your clients and to really rope in more clients when you don't even know your clients yet? So going after the, the, the Wixes of the world um, and, and just throwing something up there to get it up there, to get your name out there, by all means, do it to get started. Um, once you get to the point where you've got revenue coming in, you know your clients, you know your customer base, you know the folks who, who you should be selling to, then it's time to restart. You know, start thinking about your your um, your website. And nine times out of ten, your first sales aren't coming from your website anyway. If you're starting a new business, that was referral based probably. Um, so you you know your website, it, it's. It's more of your yellow page ad at that at that stage. It's not driving customers because it's not SEO friendly. Google's not indexing you. You don't have all the visual assets. It's not, it's not there. It's just it's a placeholder more or less. Um, so once you figure out who your customers are, then it's time to engage with somebody and really kick it up a notch. Cool. <clears throat> Which I think is also good because, as you were saying, the kind of learning, you know, your business style too. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't know how many times I've gone from one style, then I completely rebrand to another, like even color scheme and yep. like layout. And so it's good to kind of have that down mm-hmm. before you spend money on a whole bunch of stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, go, going back to your point of knowing what you know, you know, if you've just started your business, this is week one, 
do you have a logo yet? I mean, do you no. have a color scheme, a font, you know, your basic, uh, your, your branding, your branding's not even established yet. Yeah. So how can you design a, a, ask a web designer to come in and say, make me a web page? They're going to say, okay, cool. What, what's your font? What's your everything? You don't have that. Well, guess what? You just ask them to do all of that work for you. That's going to ratchet up the price and you, you're probably not ready for it yet. Um, so yeah, w- wait until you have customers. Yeah. <laughs> This is kind of a, a funny side story. Um, I joined with a company. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll give you a little history on this. We were in Afghanistan, and in, um, I met a uh, dude over there who was kind of a contractor. Yeah. And he was talking about starting a website. He was starting a new company. And I had just started my little website on, like, it's on site blog. It's mm-hmm. kind of like Wix type thing. Yeah. So I'm on this little thing. It's like $10 a month. You know, yep. it, it's super cheap. And for my new business and then his new business he dropped it was like 20 grand for Ooh. huge website super customizable e-commerce uh yeah he has some commerce stuff okay. but yep. he did um what was it uh like budgeting financial stuff yep. you know that type of company okay. so, but very very small no clients all stuff yep but he, he saw it as a good investment i'm like man can we just a little smaller a little smaller <sighs> And ended up not working out, yeah. and that's a huge loss, mm-hmm. you know, over time. When I'm like, yeah. maybe if you had started with a smaller website like mine, yeah, and you kind of build from there, then you grow up to the other one. So focus on revenue. I mean, this is this is business 101. This is not web design specific. Yeah. <laughs> this is business 101. Um, you know, it kind of gets to the mentality of, uh, you know, the tech startup, the the website startup. Yeah, sure. You can make a business that makes zero dollars, but is it really a business? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what? how are you going to pull in revenue? How are you going to write invoices? How are you going to get customers? Start with that. And if and if the answer to that is I'm going to make a fantastic website, that's great. But how are you going to get people to that website? Because if you put up a $20,000 website and open up your doors for business and there's just crickets outside, what, what good did you do? Yeah. Um, you know, so start small. Uh, you talk about like the um, the Tim Ferrisses of the world, the the Gary Vaynerchuks, and, yeah. and they're all about uh, going in and prototyping your business, just trying stuff out. Throw something, you know, come up with a product idea, put it up on eBay, see if you can sell some on eBay. That would never that would never dawn on a lot of people to see if does it work? Is this a viable business? Put, make a fake Amazon store. You might not even really have the product. You can you can put it up there, see if you get any orders, cancel the orders, whatever. But just try it first. Um, do that before you spend twenty thousand dollars on a web page. <laughs> yeah, and it goes back to something I've said a hundred times. Like, can you sell it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that should be question number one. Yes. Like if any, generally my rule of thumb is if any consultant tells you anything other than can you sell this before they start running off onto all their other stuff? Mm-hmm. And probably not the best consultant you want to work with. Yep. yep. <laughs> no, that's so true. I mean, I, it's funny because a lot of times when I approach a client about a website redesign, they said, you know, we've been approached countless times, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, for good reason, your website's, you know, it's collecting dust. But more importantly, has anybody told you or asked you how you want to make money with your website, how you want to get more clients? Because that's the most important part. Yeah. If we do this redesign just to make it pretty, whoop-de-doo. I mean, you know, in the end, this is all about generating more revenue for your business. If you're fine, and I've talked to some clients who are fine with having their website that looks extremely dated because they never make a dime off of it, and that's <laughs> fine. It's a way for somebody to Google them. They show up and they get their, their, their contact information, and that's fine. Um, 
you know, but again, it all comes down down to making money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So finding an honest company to do your website. Because <laughs> we talked about there are some places, there's some firms that are just massive and yep. they're more expensive. And then there's some smaller ones. Um, I actually know of an individual who had paid someone to do the website. Mm -hmm. And then now the website's not going to be done. They're out the, all the money. So yeah. finding a reputable person to kind of work through your website, do you have any good tips for that? Well, I think a lot of it depends on where you are with your business. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a multi-million dollar company, chances are you're not going to talk to somebody like me, an individual, because you're, it's probably a big project, right? So, so right off the bat, that means it, it, probably if you're listening to this, watching the show, listening to this podcast, you're a small business owner. I would stay away from the large agencies um, because there, there's a premium that comes with that. So that means you're going to work with the individual small one, two man shops. Make sure they have referrals and a, a, a portfolio that you can look at. Um, make sure that they've done it for a while. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm only a two month old shop, but I can show that I've been doing it for 18 years. I've made websites, I've got a technological background. Um, and then the most important part, make sure that your deal with them is structured such that you're not floating a bunch of money up front for the job. You know, don't pay them until it's done. Get what you paid for. Uh, that's, you know, but again, that's not specific to websites. That's business 101, yeah. right? You're not gonna pay the invoice before the thing even, hit, even hits your dock. Um, so, you know, like I try to structure all of my invoices for a little bit up front just to show that you're committed to the project because on my end, I don't want to make your website and go and the person goes, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. And then I'm out yeah. from my side. Um, so make sure the deal structured so that both parties are like are OK with it um, and, and more or less make sure that you're never just doing a phone. Uh, you know, talk to somebody in person. Yeah. Don't just do it over the internet or over the phone. Meet the person. Make sure that it's a legitimate operation. I, I try to meet with all of my clients in person. I do meet with all my clients in person. Go to their business because I want to learn more about the business as well. Yeah. Um, one of the clients I'm meeting actually later today is an e-cycler. And I met with him a couple of weeks ago. What a cool business. It was neat <laughs> to just ex to learn more about it. You know, they do data recycling, you know, data wiping on hard drives and stuff. And it was just neat to learn all about that. Yeah. Um, so make sure you, you meet the person who's actually going to be behind what their what the, your website is. All right, cool. Awesome. That's some really good advice. <laughs> okay. So as we get ready, running to the end of this, is there any good resources for people who um, are running a website, having some troubles, looking to do something? I would say if you're, you know, you're a small business owner, your, your website's not where you want it to be, um, reach out to other people in your network before you Google anything, uh, before you start searching for, you know, New Hampshire web designers. You can do that. And that's fine. You're going to get a lot of entries, but where, how do you sort through all of that? You got to start reading reviews. You got to start looking at their work. I would just say, ask your fellow, you know, anybody in your network, who did your website? Um, you know, do the referral based thing because that's, that's a much better way to do business than just, you know, you're basically the other end of a cold call. You're looking yeah. for an agency and you're just going in blind. No, go ask somebody, you know, who's in your industry. Hey, you got a decent website. Who did it? Yeah. Um, 
that way you know they're reputable for one right there. We get back to our other point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and chances are they're going to be able to help you out before you even talk to them, kind of give you a hint on pricing, um, what they did for you, how the design process was, how did it go, are they good people to work with. So I'd say reach out to your peers. All right, cool. Awesome. So how do people get in touch with you? Uh, so you can uh, hit me up on the website zimventures.com um i am all over social media i do i do like social media <laughs> uh zimventures on twitter facebook instagram linkedin um all, all the major platforms except except pinterest I, I stopped doing pinterest that was it's not my gig i don't know <laughs> um but yeah uh, uh social media or just uh e good old email rob at zimventures.com so thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a lot of fun, and I think everyone's definitely probably learned quite a bit about their websites. Thanks, Chris. No, <laughs> I appreciate it, and uh, this was a blast. Yeah, definitely. So thank you all for watching, and uh, we're going to roll out with a quick word from our sponsors, and everyone have a good day. So if you want to help support us, help support New Hampshire businesses, <laughs> I like that, um, check us out on nhbusinessshow.com slash Patreon, and uh, become a patron of the show. Now, if you don't know anything about Patreon, it's where creators like myself can ask the audience, or my fans, whatever audience, I'll take audience, um, to help support the show through small, small increments. You can come in as low as a dollar to really help support and push New Hampshire businesses to the next level.